Thought maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big-time wrestling bout. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. It's time to fight! Santa? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college. Frankie, I know you're a great wrestler, but my brother, who ain't as handsome as you, is as strong as Charles Atlas. Yeah, but I've wrestled women that are bigger than him. Sure, you got fat, sloppy women. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. On this episode, we are talking about Fast Five. And we are going to have some spoilers eventually, but not from me yet, because I have never seen this movie. Oh, wow. Very cool. I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching this. Now, you've seen this? Yes. It's actually interesting. Um, I think ever since Fast and Furious, which was number four in the series, which is the one that brought back Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and the rest of the gang... Uh, me and my sister have gone to see this opening weekend, every every movie since then. So uh, it was basically the last two. Right. Um, so this one, uh, it's sort of become a family tradition. Oh, cool. So this was uh, May 24th. Uh, now, what is, the, what is the date on this one? 2011, this came out yeah. uh, sometime in April. I see here yeah. May 24th is the date yeah, for the, the next one. one. Yeah, uh, it was an early spring. It was one of those... Releases where you said, "Wow, they're starting to release movies earlier and earlier each spring yeah, to get this, the or the start of the summer season, if right, you will." Right. So this uh, this was a big summer movie. I have here April twentieth in Australia, April 29th in the U.S. This was one of those where you you didn't go on opening weekend unless you got on a plane and went yeah. to Oz. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's know. weird that they do that now. Yeah, it, it, it's they did it with. I remember they did it recently with the James Bond movie, right? But that's, I mean, that makes sense. You, England should get James Bond first, but they did it with Avengers. Yeah. I think it was everywhere in the world got it before the U.S. Yeah, it almost seems like they're trying to cut down on piracy, and they somehow think that if <laughs> folks over in Australia get to see it first, that there won't be piracy. It's one of those. <laughs> What's a camcorder? <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about this series. So I've seen some of the films in this series. Uh, the first one was called The Fast and the Furious, and there is an old film also called The Fast and Furious. Have you seen that? I have not seen the old film. Okay, I did see the old one, um, and I don't remember how much it had to do with this. I, I, I don't remember it. I don't think it followed the same storyline as the first, The Fast and the Furious. It's which just was, a car movie. Yeah, which was 2001. I mean, there were a lot of movies, like Gone in 60 Seconds. There were a lot of movies. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto was a film many years ago. It was a, it was a big thing for a while to, to do, you know, car movies. And, you know, I think it was a, a different kind of thing. It was probably grittier. Uh, the one in 2001 was very kind of a splashy film. Got the, uh, the little blurb from the back of the box. The 2001 film, borrowing the title of the 1950s AIP drive-in fave, this high-energy actioner stars Paul Walker as an undercover cop who works his way into a group of thrill-seeking road racers led by mechanic Vin Diesel in hopes of finding a tie to a truck hijacking ring. But when Walker gets caught up in the dangerous world of wild wheels, his superiors begin to question his investigative moves. Ricky Yoon, Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez also star. Michelle Rodriguez, now is she in this one? She actually, and since we are in spoiler territory for the entire series, she actually died in the last movie. Okay. Now, she went crazy, I think, around <laughs> in between 2001 and then Too Fast, Too Furious. She, I remember she like got in a fight at an airport. Yeah, well, actually, right here in Jersey City, I believe she beat up her roommate. <laughs> yes, yes. She was living in an apartment, yeah. and she was a movie yeah, star. Yeah, she was a movie star at this point, and living in Jersey City and beating up her roommate. Yeah, very odd. Yeah, so, it's funny, you could actually... Uh, in lieu of reading an entire write-up for the first movie, you could say, 
it's Point Break with cars. Right. <laughs> Which was my initial takeaway from that movie when I saw it. I was not a huge fan of that first movie, um, but I'll tell you, I really embraced the series from that point forward. All right, so we've got no wrestlers in the first one. We've got no wrestlers all the way up until we get to this one where we get The Rock. Yes, doing his uh, I'm going to jump into an established franchise yes. routine. <laughs> my God, this this is such a thing with him. He's, you know, either they're, they're like, oh, we're do- redoing Witch Mountain. He's like, oh, I'm in. They're like, we're doing a sequel to that Brendan Fraser Journey to the Center of the Earth movie that no one saw. He's like, sign me up. Journey yeah. 2. I'll shake the boobies. <laughs> and even Scorpion King was yes. a, a sequel to, or, or a spinoff from The Mummy 2 that had yeah. that comical, comical computer-generated <laughs> rock at the end yes. of it. The video game Rock Scorpion. So, alright, so I remember a few things from the first film and correct me, because I think you know these a lot better than I do. Correct me if I'm if I'm jumbling these up, but I, I seem to remember a guy that had an ankle bracelet that he was uh, he couldn't be too far <laughs> from his home, so he got a mobile home and parked it next to the racetrack so he could race. Yes, that is Too Fast, Too Furious, the sequel. All right, so that's the, the Vin sequel. Diesel-less uh, sequel. Alright, so the other thing I I remember is a guy having a can with a rat in it on his stomach. Is that the first one? No, that is actually Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay, so let's get to Too Fast, Too Furious, 2003. It's two times the action for you, and they use the number two and the number four. Adrenaline-fueled sequel stars Paul Walker as a disgraced former cop who infiltrates Miami's street racing circuit in an attempt to bring down a drug kingpin. Teaming with a suave ex-convict Tyrese and sexy customs agent Eva Mendez, Walker races to catch the crime lord and find redemption with Cole Hauser, Chris Ludacris Bridges, and James Remar, directed by John Singleton, big-time director for the sequel. Yes, and this was one of those things where they couldn't get Vin Diesel back, and they said, you know what? No star is bigger than our picture. We got two of the one of the two stars of the first movie. Right. And I kind of like the idea of, in the first couple of installments of the series, they would just follow characters. And even in the case of Part 3, where they couldn't get Paul Walker or Vin Diesel, they said, you know what? We're just going to make a movie that's inspired by The Fast and the Furious, set it in Tokyo with a whole bunch of new characters. Well, yes. So Tokyo Drift, I know I saw as well. This was 2006. I'm a fan of Pachinko, which is a Japanese gaming. It's similar to uh, uh, slot machines, and it's similar to pinball, but it's really not like either one. And they have a scene in a pachinko parlor in this movie, so I couldn't wait to see it just for that. Uh, The description I have here from this is from Maxim Magazine. From the makers of The Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious comes the highest octane installment of the Hitman movie franchise built for speed. When convicted street racer Sean Boswell, played by Lucas Black, tries to start a new life on the other side of the world, his obsession with racing sets him on a collision course with the Japanese underworld. To survive, he will have master drifting, a new style where racers wear tricked-out cars slide through hairpin terms Defying gravity and death for the ultimate road rush. With more mind-blowing stunts and heart-pounding racing sequences than ever, the fast and the furious Tokyo Drift puts you in the driver's seat. Strap yourself in for a blistering, supercharged ride. Um, I, I have to say, I do remember the stunt from, and I think this is the first one, where they ride a car underneath a tractor trailer that they had to jack yes. the hell out of it in order to do that. There's actually a, a featurette on the DVD where they, they talk about how they had to raise the truck to do a stunt that could not be done in real life. All right, so at this point, we've had the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, and then the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. This is already a very confusing series if you try to pick it up and try to figure out where you know where to start. Yeah, only outdone I think by the Rambo series. Yeah, the Rambo series is is absolutely you got your first blood, first blood part two, which is illogical. Rambo first blood part two. That's right. And then Rambo three. But uh, there's a couple. And then and then 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 Rambo Rambo was the fourth one. There's a couple interesting things about the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Um, The director of the film, Justin Lin, has directed every Fast and Furious movie since then. Oh. Uh, also, this Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift is a prequel to the two that followed it. So, Fast and Furious, which is number four in the series, and Fast Five, which we're watching today, take place before Tokyo Drift. And the funny thing about that is, 
Tokyo Drift was filmed in 2006, takes place in 2006, yet when you watch Fast Five or Fast and the Furious, the technology doesn't work. Right. And it almost it's almost to the point where they're going to either have to retcon things and say Tokyo Drift is not no longer part of the canon, or just say... We don't know what to do. Right, right. Now, I do remember this about the first film, and less as the series went on. The first film, this concept of the racing they were doing was surprising. It was something you hadn't seen in movies. I remember they had, like, really hot chicks standing around, and they were on these weird closed-off streets where everybody was racing. And so... I, I do remember that one being very innovative and being very exciting, and it does sound like they've gone to pretty good lengths to, to reinvent the series. And so then they had to come up with a title for number four, and they just called it Fast and Furious. So yes. it, 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 they just lost a handful of words from the original title. 2009, Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker reteamed, so now we've got the, the main two back. Now, Am I right that Vin Diesel appears for 10 seconds at the end of the previous film? At the end of Tokyo Drift, there is a stinger cameo from Who's Vin Diesel. Who's the race? All right. So they, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker reteam with Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster. Is that how you pronounce I her name? Jordana. Jordana. Yeah. Jordana Brewster for the ultimate chapter of the franchise built on speed, which is not speed and speed, too. When fugitive Dominic Toretto is that, is that his name is Toretto? Yes, it's yes. like that sounds like a delicious dessert. <laughs> Played by Diesel, returns to Los Angeles to avenge a loved one's death. It reignites his feud with Agent Brian. O'Connor, played by Walker. But as they race through crowded city streets and across international lines, they must test their loyalties by joining together and bringing down a shared enemy. From big rig heist to precision tunnel crawls, Fast and Furious takes you back into the high-octane world where li- which lives for speed, drives for the rush, and breaks all the rules. Now, I had thought I hadn't seen this one. And as I'm reading this, I remember they were there were tankers and they were going up on top of them. Is this this film where they're racing alongside like tanker trucks? They're going up on top of them and they're stealing them for for gasoline or something. Yeah, the opening sequence of that movie. They're in like uh, Bolivia or right. Bulgaria or uh, Bolivia, I think, and they're stealing they're stealing gasoline. So this brings us up to the movie we're going to see, which I have not seen. You've seen, and so I am up to date up to this point. Why don't you give us a quick plot summary on the Fast Five? All right, Fugitive, 2011. Fugitive Dom Toretto, Vin Diesel, partners with former cop Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker, on the opposite side of the law in exotic Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. There they are hunted by a high-powered U.S. strike force led by their toughest fed, Dwayne Johnson. Yes! Finally! And an army of corrupt cops working for a ruthless drug kingpin. To gain their freedom and win this ultimate high-stakes race, they must pull off one last job. An insane heist worth $100 million. All right. Now, they already have greenlit the sequel, and it's coming out this year, right? It's coming out May 24th, 2013. Um, I looked around to try to find what the title would be, and these are what I found. Fury 6. I like it. Now, this one this one is, is visual, but it would be the letter F, then the number 6, then ST. Okay, like 7. <laughs> right. Then how about Fast 5 Part 2? So, you know, because it's a sequel to Fast 5. Uh, F6F, which would be another one that would be very visual. People would see it on a poster, and they'd be like, oh, I can't wait to see that one. How about the fast and the number six? Why not? The, yeah, because at that point, they've changed things a bunch of times. Just call it the fast and the number six. <laughs> or fast and the furious. And see, that's, that's the number six is in the middle of the word fast. And so it's the fast and the furious. That's that's my vote. So it could be any of these. We don't know. Uh, this film, uh, how did it do at the box office before we start out? It did well. Um... I have uh, $209 million, is that right? Yes. Wow. It was a global phenomenon. So, And then it made uh, another $416 million elsewhere, which makes it $626 million, which I think is like what E.T. made, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Over half a, half a billion dollars. It's the uh, seventh highest grossing film of 2011, so now it doesn't seem nearly as impressive. Yeah. And it's the 113th highest grossing film of all time, Craig. 
It's crazy. Yeah, there's going to be a point where movies like E.T. and Star Wars and the like... It just seem pathetic. ...are going to be, you know, number 50 on the list. Right. All right. Well, we're going to watch this. I've never seen this. You're going to be seeing this for how many... What is what is the amount of times you've seen this, do you think? I would guess that this is probably my fourth time watching it. All right. It. So we're going to watch it, and then we'll be back, and we'll, we'll wrap things up, tell you about what we saw and what we thought about it. All right. So we've now seen it. We've seen... What is this one? Fast Five? Fast Five. All right. Interesting. Interesting movie. Did not play like I expected it to. You had said to me that this... Felt a lot like Ocean's Eleven. Um, I saw that. I, a lot of the scenes reminded me of the uh, Dark Knight, you know, and, and Dark Knight Returns. Um, it just there felt like uh, it felt like it was very different from that series. It felt like they had uh, taken a lot of things from other movies. You get from the beginning, you get the the opening scene, which is what at the end of the last movie. Yeah, the end of Fast and Furious. Dominic turns himself in, he does the right thing, and he thinks he's going to get leniency. <laughs> and the judge puts him away for a long time. So the, that movie ends with Paul Walker and Jordana Brewster's characters racing to spring him from the, the, the bus. Right. All right. So we, uh, we end with that. We get him getting on this bus. They tip the bus over, which I would assume would kill everybody on board. Yeah. How did the last movie end? What did we know? Did we know he survived? Did we know... It ends before that. It ends basically with Dom hearing the engines revving ah, so of we the didn't, cars. we didn't see the... Yeah. Thing. So it blows up. Then all of a sudden, I thought something was wrong with your Blu-ray player, because we started watching news clips about the crash and the the pictures going sideways and there's yes. glitches on it. I know there had to be people watching this that are like, "What's wrong? Something's wrong with my player." And they take it out and they spit on the disc and then rub it on their shirt and put it back in. And then they're like, "Now it's not playing at all. Yeah. What happened?" And then they take it back to Best Buy. If I hadn't seen it in theaters, I would have thought there was something wrong with the disc. <laughs> now, one thing that I wanted to um, ask you about that sequence is: Do you think? With that kind of news coverage, they would have talked about Dominic Toretto, the Vin Diesel character by name, and even identified Paul Walker as a suspect. Yeah, no, I don't think they would. I think that, yeah, I don't think that they would mention that unless he was so high profile <laughs> that people knew his name. Yeah. Otherwise, it seems like, I mean, I'm thinking about, like, uh, recently there was a prison break in Chicago, and these two guys broke out of prison. I don't think I ever heard their name in the news story. Yeah. You know, because I don't think that that, maybe in Chicago they'd report it, but, you know, it didn't seem like for a nationwide story. And this looked like nation, national news. So we're getting news coverage on this, and they say no one was hurt. Everybody loved. Uh, uh, miraculously. I mean, <laughs> that bus crash is brutal. And it doesn't seem like anybody was, I guess maybe they were chained somehow but still, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like your traditional school bus where there's yeah. no seat belts. Yeah. So, so we get to the, the this we get to see this guy who was in what the first or the second film. Yeah, he was the uh, guy in Vin Diesel's crew in the first movie who instantly realizes and and tries to convince Dom that the Paul Walker character is a cop. He keeps saying almost every scene he's a cop. You know, it, you know. Uh, and he pops up in this movie as sort of the guy they go to to uh, to reestablish themselves in Brazil. All right, so they go to Brazil. They see him, and he then plays for most of the movie as a character. I didn't recognize him. I didn't remember him from the other movie. But it is interesting they bring him back. That's the first in many you know people that they bring back in this film. Also, what I noticed was when they were in Brazil, it looked like... The the movie The Incredible Hulk they film sequences yes. in, and then there's been other movies that I've seen lately where they filmed in areas that look like this, where there are these shack type houses that are jammed together with one on top of another, and and you can run from rooftop to rooftop. I don't know that this exists. Yeah, it it looks. Amazing! It 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 looks I like something Hollywood would make. Yeah, because look, if I'm living next door to you and you build your house so it's leaning on my house, how is that? How is that allowed? And then if you have rats, they just walk right into my house. We're connected. Yeah, 
And the windows always seem open. You know, people can walk right through one house to the other when they're having a chase. But so we see this 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 weird, you know, um, you know, very unusual area of Brazil. Then we see the the statue of, I guess it's it's Jesus with his arms out. We see him for the first of five hundred times in this yeah, movie. They really <laughs> wanted to let you know that you were where that statue was. They were like, "Hey, you guys, seen that statue in other movies? So now you know where they are." I also noticed in a few scenes the Brazilian flag was painted on things like mm-hmm. you know people had it painted on the side of their house it was painted a on lot of cars pride. yeah so they they really wanted to make sure we remembered that we were in brazil i think also it might have been the producer being like hey listen we didn't spend all this money to go to brazil to film <laughs> and have it look like la <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is funny because tokyo drift some of that movie was shot in tokyo but a majority of it was shot in L.A., and they dressed certain streets in L.A. to look like Tokyo, um, which is funny. I mean, I, I, I only, uh, you know, wonder how much of this was actually filmed in Brazil. So they get this big uh, thing where they're going to steal these cars Off that are a on train. a train. Yeah, this is a, a, a deal that Vin's buddy from the first movie set up, and, and Vin and Paul come in on it to uh, to make some some cash. And it's, it's, it's a pretty cool sequence. It's... It's it's kind of crazy because they're taking tr- cars off of a moving train. So right. there's this this whole system device where the, the 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 cars get yanked off and then go down a ramp, sort of like reverse Knight Rider style. Yeah, and then race off into the desert. I like this. Uh, at this point, Vin Diesel returns, and you told me an interesting bit of trivia about Vin. Yes. Vin Diesel probably came onto most people's radar with Saving Private Ryan. Yes. But before that, his first role is an uncredited appearance as an orderly in the 1990 film Awakening. Awakenings. So this is the one, I think it's Robert De Niro, I think. Uh, um, Robin Williams, Robin right? Williams is the doctor. You know, uh, he's not Patch Adams, thankfully, but he, he's the doctor and Robin Williams is, is ill in this. I, I do remember this movie. I it's don't the remember guy that it very comes, well. But the guy comes out of a, like a, a catatonic state. He's in like a coma. Yeah, and he comes out for a period uh, due to, I think, some kind of advancement in medicine. And, and then it's, I don't want to spoil Awakenings here. <laughs> this isn't our Awakenings episode. Oh, I can't wait for the Awakenings <laughs> episode. Um, Paul Ru- Paul Walker was in Meet the Deedles, which I remember very well. This is a movie that I believe to this day is not on DVD. Mm-hmm. I caught it on cable not long ago, and I was so excited because I was like, oh, I saw this in the theater. I also remember there was a lawsuit about this movie. There was a woman who had a, uh, a company called Deedle Music, and she was <laughs> like, from now on, everyone will think of Meet the Deedles. And Deedles, meaning people running around being ridiculous. Yeah, uh, uh, but he was in that uh, Pleasantville, which was that movie that was all in black and white. And people started getting in color mm-hmm. when they did it. Uh, Varsity Blues. Uh, she's all that. I think he's one of the bad kids in that. I, I think he's so. like the friend, but he's like the jerk. Yes. And then, uh, then he started doing a lot of good movies, uh, including Running Scared, oh. which you introduced me to. Just a fantastic film. Yeah, Running Scared is, is I think if you look at everybody involved in this movie's filmography, um, Paul Walker's got the most interesting one and probably the most quality work, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think there was a moment in time where Casper Van Diem or <laughs> Paul Walker could have been Paul Walker. Yeah. And... God, Casper's got to be just kicking himself that he didn't become Paul Walker. Yeah, and he's doing straight-to-DVD Tarzan yeah. movies. Yeah, exactly. He's doing, like, the, the 15th chapter in, you know, the asteroid movie that's really a religious <laughs> film, you know, or something like that. So, all right, so we get to see some of the gang is back here, and then we finally get The Rock. We're 20 minutes into yeah. this movie. The Rock shows up. He's got his Brahma Bull tattoo. He's got his other crazy tattoo. He's sweating profusely, and every single scene that The Rock is in in this movie, he is sweating and early on we get him him and Vin Diesel face to face I don't feel arrested you know they do. and we we really say oh this is the fight we're going to see yes you know, I hadn't thought about it before we started the, the the Blu-ray today but I at that point I was like oh we're going to get to see them fight that's what this movie is and Vin never sweated the whole movie 
Didn't matter what was going on, Vince dries a bone, and Rock has sweat dripping out of his goatee. He's just a complete sweaty mess. I would think he'd be terribly itchy. Yeah, he's glistening the entire movie, and it was amazing that there wasn't a credit at the end for Rock's sweat guy, because there had to be somebody off screen with a bottle constantly spraying him down. All right, so let's talk about The Rock. Obviously, just returned to WWE television for his annual WrestleMania appearance. Uh, and he, uh, one of the most famous wrestlers of all time, had the, you know, during the 90s, it was him and him and Austin in the late 90s were the two biggest stars. He debuted in, uh, in 1996 at Survivor Series. At the time, he was working as goofy gimmick where he was giving it 110% and he had, you know, the Rocky Maivia with the crazy hair and, and, and he started, you know, they started doing the die, Rocky yeah. die, Rocky sucks and people just weren't down with him and then he kind of turned on the audience and, you know, joined with the nation. There were a whole lot of uh, gimmicks that eventually led to him becoming what we know him to be now. Mm-hmm. During that run, when he was Intercontinental Champion, you and I Went to South Brunswick, New Jersey. That's to there was a wrestling store, yeah, which isn't there anymore. No. I don't know what's there now, but I, I, I'm sure it's not a wrestling store. Yeah, but, and and they they sold T-shirts and and collectible, you know, action figures and stuff like that. It's yeah. the same store that a couple years later we would see Jericho at. Yes, yeah. This store was great because they were, they were very small. So yeah. you know when they did, uh, I, I met the Blue Meanie there, Al Snow. There were they did a lot of autograph signings and. When they would do them, you'd you'd go there and you'd show up, and it was such a small store, really really tiny store that you could easily, you know, you'd see the wrestler come in and everything. Uh, I, I do want to say before we get to that, the, I'm not surprised this store eventually went under. First of all, wrestling crashed as an industry, but more than that. The guys that ran this store, if you're running a niche store like that and somebody comes in and asks you a question, you should bend over backwards to answer it. Yes. I remember asking them, I was I, I said, Do you have anything? I think I was looking for stuff having to do with like honky tonk man, a couple other people. You know, I was looking for that era and he's like, I don't know, it's probably over there. And I remember thinking, dude, this is not the store where you say it's over Walmart, you can say it's over there. Yeah. People are gonna come back. You have a store where I can go on AO. At the time, go eh, 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 go up onto AOL, and I can find some store online that'll sell it to me. You know, through my AOL account, through my Netlinks, through my Prodigy account. Yes. But so we saw The Rock there. So we went there. We were like, oh, uh, you know, uh, The Rock is going to be here. Yeah, and actually, this was a point where he was still pretty much known as Rocky because mm-hmm. the, the the frame that I put the Polaroid picture I got in yeah. uh, with the brother P-Touch, the label I made up was Craig with Rocky. Yeah, because yeah, he was still he was still going by Rocky. He was Rocky the Rock, my opinion. Yeah. And so we saw him. He was Intercontinental Champion. He pulled up in a rented SUV <laughs> and he got out. He said, hey guys, yeah. you know, there was like 10 of us waiting there for him. So hey guys, he got out, walked around to the back seat, took the Intercontinental <laughs> title out, and walked in. And we were like, oh, there he's the yeah. rock. And then we we got to the front of the line. There was, again, there was 10, 20 people mm-hmm. there. Um, he, he talked to everybody. was very nice. Yeah. I mean, he was super cool. We got to the front, got to shake hands with him, got the Polaroid with him. And then we got in the car, we left, and we looked at the Polaroids. <laughs> And we were both like, oh, my God, these look ridiculous. We look stupid. We look like Muppets. Yes. We look, I mean, and, and, and we're normal-sized human beings. Yeah. My arms are on the table. I think yours, you put, you're, you were sitting at a table with him. Yeah. I don't think your arms are on. My arms are on the table, and his arms are on the table. And it's not like I have tiny little arms like a child. But in yeah. this photo, I looked like something was physically wrong with my arms because you saw, you, as a as a as someone looking at the picture, you're like, well, that is what an arm looks like looking at the rock's giant arms. Yeah. God, I mean, he was superhuman, huge, uh, really, really fantastic. But we met him. He blew up not long after that. No, was one of the biggest stars in wrestling. Certainly would have had more than the turnout that he had that day. Yeah, it's still one of those moments where every time I, I look at that picture or think about that, I'm like. Wow, that's pretty amazing that we yeah. had the opportunity to to meet. I don't know if I've ever met somebody right before they blew up. Yeah, 
Yeah, it is very interesting. So, so the Rock shows up in this movie. A lot of the movie, he's wearing the the flak jacket, I guess, the vest, you know, the bulletproof vest. Looks like Roadblock. You were saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah is- it looks like he's he's basically wearing his GI Joe gear, but he's got the goatee in this movie. So we've got a bad guy. This bad guy, he looks like a Hispanic Phil Hartman. Yes, he, we've seen him in other movies. And was he in other Fast and Furious films? So this is his first appearance. Yes. He's a drug dealer. He's got like eleven million bucks in a vault, and well, they're yeah. going to steal it from yeah. him. Yeah, he, he. They basically, after the job on the, the 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 train goes bad, they decide they're going to hit the drug dealer, and they want to get all his money out in the open. So they go to one of his factories, and you have the the women that are wearing bras because it's a PG thirteen <laughs> movie, yes. and they gather. Yeah, they're not naked because they, no. they do that gimmick where if you're working in a drug factory, you have to be naked. Yes. But not in the PG-13 movie. Do you think that there's a hierarchy that they're like, well, Sharon looks really good, but Jeanette counts money very well. We're going to give Sharon more money. She looks really good in her naked drug dealing, you know, outfit. I don't know. Is it a union job? If it's a union job, then it's then it's seniority. So then the old fat lady gets the most. Yeah. <laughs> but I would think I don't know if I'm the drug dealer. I'm probably thinking I just I just want my money counted right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah, got to be a it's... tough business to get into. Yeah, I'm, I'm... and they never have dudes counting the money in these movies. No. They don't want the dudes. I guess, I guess you can't trust the <laughs> you know the shirtless dude. So, but so they gather up all the money from this drug warehouse, but they don't steal it. What they do is they put it on a cart and they burn it, just like the Joker. <laughs> Yes, and they reveal themselves at that point when the guy says, do you know who you're messing with? And they say, uh, yes, we do. And then that basically prompts the drug dealer to get all his money gathered up and what they hope would be him putting it in the bank, and he ends up securing it in the local police department. Right. So we get this, the first team that Vin Diesel has. Yes. And there's a scene where one guy has a t-shirt with a, looks like, I, I think it's a boxing title belt, yeah. but he has a belt on his t-shirt. And I was like, wow, they got another little wrestling connection here. Yeah. So he gets this team, and they're going to try to figure out how they're going to steal this, how yeah. they're going to steal this safe. They bring in a specialist, and there's a whole sort of, it reminded me of Armageddon when Bruce Willis is putting his team together, where they say, we need this kind of guy and then they show the person showing up. Right. And this is where you get callbacks to every movie. You get uh, Tyrese and Ludacris from Too Fast, Too Furious. And uh, Sung Kang from Tokyo Drift. Yes, who now, creates all the continuity problems. Right. With tell tell me about this. <laughs> Sung, Sung Kang plays Han in Tokyo Drift. And for those of you that have seen Tokyo Drift, we all know that he dies in a fiery car explosion, mm-hmm. uh, which makes the two films after it prequels. But as we talked about in the pre-show, um, the technology doesn't really match up. Right. So, so you it, have a movie from 2006 that's taking place. Yeah, there's, there's cell phones, everything. <laughs> cars. <looks>. Right, gotcha. <laughs> so we see a lot of people from other movies. We get these two knuckleheads. What, which one of they the were movies in were they Fast from? and Furious? They were in the big gasoline tanker heist. All right, so they they, they represent every film. They get somebody from each film. Mm-hmm. They sort of hint at who they are. I guess you know. I didn't really notice it, especially not until the closing credits. Over the closing credits, they show you what they looked like in the original film that they appeared in. I was like, oh yes, Ludacris had real funny hair. Yeah, I think this movie it, it's one of those sort of points in a franchise, and it's funny that we're actually talking about Fast and Furious as a franchise at this point, but that's what oh, it is, yeah. oh. um, where you can watch the movie without a, a, a real working knowledge of the previous film, but, but for people it. that are coming back, they can appreciate some of the, the nods that they're doing. Yeah, no, this is definitely a franchise. Five films is a lot of films. This is five films over a 10-year period, too. This is, you know, one heck of a franchise. I I start to lose a franchise around five films because you get lost in it. I mean, uh, that's why when I'm talking about these movies, I don't remember one from the other because...
because yeah. they all blend together. And the other thing with franchises, too, is by part five, that's when you normally start to see the quality drop off. Mm-hmm. But this is an interesting franchise in the sense I that... I think it dipped down and then went back Yeah, up. exactly. Yeah. It, it really, it's, it's just hitting its stride now. And I mean, it, its success was almost like the first blockbuster in the, in the start of a, of a franchise. Right. So five films in, and they almost feel like they're just hitting their stride now. It's the first movie that has The Rock in it. I'd imagine that every movie from then on with Fast and the Furious in the title is either going to have The Rock or Vin Diesel in it. Yeah. You know, so it almost plays like the start of a new, this is the birth of the franchise. We get some some wonderfully gimmicky scenes, which very much uh, feel like Ocean's Eleven. We get the scene where they've got the remote control car, and Ludacris has to steer the remote control car through, like I guess the FBI headquarters. Yeah, to see what kind of safe they're dealing with. We get the the scene where uh, the one um, Tyrese shows up and he's trying to flirt with the woman, but she doesn't speak English. And then he gets the the really mean guard who yes. doesn't want to mess with him. Who he calls bro at one point, and the guy gets really upset. He goes, "I'm not your brother." <laughs> uh, we then get there. They get this mock up of the safe, right? Yeah, they basically buy. Another version of the safe, which I can't imagine how much money it costs to buy that <laughs> yeah. safe. You know, they're they're looking to steal a hundred million dollars, and I don't. How do you wonder, stay under the radar yeah, buying this giant? I almost safe. wonder what their total investment was to to get the hundred million. It was probably seventy, eighty, ninety yeah. million. <laughs> and, and, and they've got this warehouse. They then we get a couple scenes where we feel like. Fast and the Furious, where we go to the races and they win cars, but they do these so quickly. Yeah, it's almost like you know that they know how to race and they're going to race and they're going to win. So I guess you don't they're need like, to we got to put this in here, or <laughs> yeah. else it doesn't count. It's like you know, it's like if they were making a Jurassic Park movie, they got to throw in a dinosaur or two, or else we're going to forget that we're watching. That yeah. Movie. So yeah, we do get a couple race scenes. Uh, we get we get this safe and we get them racing around in a warehouse. And they've got these cameras set up so they can try to figure out how they're going to do this. Something which later falls apart. But they're trying to figure out how to do this, and then they realize they need his handprint to scan them in. And yeah, I, to get into the safe, you need not a combination. You need a handprint. You need to put his hand on there. And I thought they're going to cut his hand off, but they go crazier. Yeah, that would be the reasonable thing to do. So we get two characters, uh, the female uh, character that's on the team and the Korean guy. They go over to where the drug dealer is, and she's in a bikini. And she goes over, and he puts his hand, he pats her on the butt. Mm -hmm. And I got really excited because I was like, she's going to go back, she's going to put her butt on the scanner. Because I thought that would be the funniest scene in the whole movie. She could be like, guys, don't look. And they're all like pretending not to look. And she's she's hiking up her skirt and putting her butt on the scanner. Yeah. But so this pat on the butt. Was enough. Is all they needed. Mm-hmm. This is the worst security system of all time. Yeah. So they get this, and the payoff to it later, when we eventually do see it, is that they put they, they get that I guess put onto some kind of piece of plastic. And yeah, and he puts put his hand on it from yeah. another hand, and then it does work. I'm but, sure it's completely technically sound. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny here because there's basically two females in this movie. You have wow. uh, the the female that's working with uh, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker's crew, mm-hmm. and then uh, the local cop who The Rock brings on his team to work as a translator. And the problem here is the two girls look exactly alike. They have the same (laughs) hair color. They have the same style and dress, which is is probably more the fault of the uh, costumer who Mm -hmm. was just like, I like dressing women exactly this way. But they look very much alike. They have similar accents. I mean, there's so much that's the same about them that you really do have to go, wait, which one am I looking at here? Yeah. I, I remember the first time watching it, just the first scene where you, you saw one and not the other, I said, oh, she's working both sides. Yeah. And then I said, no, no, I'm just two different girls. So we get another race here. We get another confrontation with Vin and The Rock. They stare each other down. You know, yeah. First they chased each other mm-hmm. through the, the shanty town village in Brazil. Now they're, they're staring down. I felt like The Rock was going to go into promo territory <laughs> here and be like, you and your cookie puss. And I thought he was going to start doing that stuff because he's given this like angry promo. Yeah, where he's going to say, I'm going to take this flak jacket off and <laughs> turn it sideways, shine, shine it up. It up. <laughs> And Kevin Kelly, a hermaphrodite. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, really uh, cool how they build up 
to what we're, we we ultimately it's, get with the, I'm telling the showdown. You, I didn't think of that when I was thinking of this movie. Thinking back, I do remember that in the press material there were photos of the two of them, and that's what people were looking for. But I wasn't thinking that. Mm-hmm. I was. I didn't even know that they were going to be on opposite sides. So they built this up. They built up the main event for this, and I, they did it well because yeah. by the time it happened, I couldn't wait for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, 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 it happens a couple scenes later. So then they just they realize... Well, well yeah, so this, is, this bugs me. <laughs> then they're like, the, well, the only way we could do it is with invisible cars. And he's like, I know where we can get invisible cars. <laughs> and then they get police cars. And so the first half of the movie doesn't even matter. Yeah. Why did they do that in the first place? Because they're lug nuts. <laughs> what, what do you call Lugheads? Lunkheads. Lunkheads, yeah, lunkheads. yes. Because they're lunkheads. <sighs> So they go to a police impound or, or, or the police storage yeah. um, lot, and they steal f- four cop cars. And to prove they're dumb, uh, was it Ludacris that was talking on Tyrese. the... It was Tyrese. Tyrese keeps going, hey, why don't we race, and we'll race for a million dollars over the loudspeaker. Yeah. Was no one else in Brazil, or everybody else in Brazil was like, you know, yeah. we don't speak English. Yeah, and they were like, hey, they're cops. They're cops. They, can- cops, they race all the time for a million dollars. <laughs> but so, so at this point, we've learned that Brian, the Paul Walker character, and Vin Diesel's sister, played by Jordana Brewster, oh. uh, are expecting. Yeah, well, she's expecting. Yes, he's not expecting. <laughs> I hate we're expecting. He, I mean, look, it's not his fault. That's just how biology works. But he's not accept, expecting. He's going to sit back and read a magazine and then smoke a cigar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reap all for, the benefits. Granted, for the next 18 years, <laughs> it's pretty much equal. But at this point, yeah. she's the one expecting. But yeah, so she's expecting. <laughs> and so we start getting, right away, we start getting a lot of, you're going to be a father. Vin yeah. Diesel's like, Vin Diesel's all about that. He's like, you're going to be a father. I, I really can't, you know, you got to make sure you're safe. And yeah. I, Which, I yeah, which even leads to Vin throwing the race for the million dollars. Right. Uh, uh, Tyrese, at the end of it, instantly tells Paul Walker's character, you know he, he throttled out or whatever at the takeoff of the line. I mean, I don't know all the technical <laughs> yeah. racing terms. Head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then you get this whole through line, and it felt very much like Rocky Three, where uh, <laughs> Apollo says, you're gonna, you, you owe me one favor. Yes. That is so true. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting. We do get a scene where the two of them are talking, uh, and he's like, ah, uh, my father, I remember him Everything. eating spaghetti or something. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't remember my father. And, you know, there's a lot of symbolism. Somebody writing this movie had just become a dad, I think. <laughs> you know, or somebody somewhere involved was like, you know, was like, we got to put some of this in. I listened to Cats in the Cradle on the way to work here today, and Harry Chapin was laying it down. Can we throw in a little of that? And there's a shot. Did you catch the shot where Vin Diesel looks through the bars on he the says, window? I'm trapped. Yeah. It's like they were like the symbolism. Yeah. We have to be as heavy handed as possible. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is probably a good time to talk about um, the writer, Chris Morgan, who wrote um, the last, he wrote everyone since Tokyo Drift. So you okay. have the same writer and director. And I don't know if, if I ever shared this with you because you hadn't seen the movie, uh-huh. but there's a really, really funny clip on YouTube of a, a news crew. It's it's like a funnier die type video where you have these news people uh, on like a morning show, a, like mock today show, mm-hmm. interviewing the writer. <laughs> but it's not the real writer. It's a five-year-old kid. Oh, really? So then they have two minutes of the five-year-old kid basically explaining this movie. Right. He talks about the big train scene at the beginning, and it's it's hilarious. Even as a fan of the series, I thought it was so funny to see them sort of saying that a five-year-old could write right. this movie. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, especially if he just was concerned about his dad. <laughs> yeah. I thought of Good Burger. I, 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 you've seen Good Burger. Yes. I thought of Good Burger. There's a sequence, the sequence in this, he's like, you know, Paul Walker's like, I don't even remember my dad. And he's like, I remember my dad. There's a very similar nighttime sequence in Good Burger where he goes, he goes, um, you know, he's like, I remember my dad coming home and he brought me a yo-yo and then one day he didn't come home anymore. And he goes, I don't even remember what my dad looks like anymore. And then, and then Kel, I guess it's Kel, it's Keenan and Kel. Yeah. Kel looks at him and Kel's the really dumb one. And he goes, he goes, you know what? I don't remember what my dad looks like either, but at least I get to see him every night. 
And it's just one of the greatest lines in movie history. So I was hoping they were playing to that. I was hoping that would be the punchline on the scene. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, like uh, Keenan and Kel would be in the background and they'd wink and then, and then maybe dance off screen. But it didn't happen. We then get to the fight. We get to the big yeah. fight. This is the point where you think they're wrapping up and they're getting ready to do the big heist at the end of the movie. And before they go out to... To heist it up, mm-hmm. they had planted a, a tracking device on the rock uh, when they had their showdown. And they say, oh, the rock's on the other side of town. We can go do what we need to do. But sure enough, the rock had figured it out. And the rock basically crashes their warehouse when they think he's on the other side of town. And at that point, all we have is uh, Jordana Brewster, Paul Walker, and Vin Diesel. And the rock's crew ambushes them. And then we get the we get the slobber knocker. Yeah, and it is a great fight. It's Very a physical. great movie fight. Uh, it's a good thing they gave the Rock the goatee because yeah. a lot of shots you're just seeing two big buff guys <laughs> with the bald heads. Although it is clear how much bigger the Rock is than Vin Diesel, and that's no knock on Vin Diesel. No, not at all. Vin Diesel shows up to your work. He's the biggest guy there. You know, he's the most in shape guy. Something like that. The Rock shows up at your work. You know, he's called cops. Yeah. <laughs> So this is this is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. This is you know you, you are Vin Diesel. Are what is he? Is like Tortellini. What is his name? Tort- Tortelli. Tor- no, it can't no, be. Uh, That's Carla from Toretto. Pierce. Toretto. Yeah, yeah. Toretto. You know, versus The Rock. The Rock looks fantastic yeah. in this. We have a bunch of spears, and yes. then The Rock even does one of his signature uh, that that sort of Karate Kid pop up. Yes, you know, yes. Like the, all the Cobra Kai guys. Did, That's you know, right. Like, you're on your your back and you pop up. Yeah, he does that one. That's a move that I always think people when they do it, when wrestlers do it, they're going to screw it up because that seems like there's so much. Room. It's like skin the it's like skinning the cat. Yeah, and and there's so much room to screw up, and you look so bad if you screw it up. You know, it's like you screw up a lot of things, but that you know, it's like why didn't you just stand up? Yeah, you know why? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he does that. Uh, it's a great fight. Ends with Vin wins. You know, Vin mm-hmm. could have taken. Taking him out with a wrench. Yeah. And Vin chooses not to. And then, of course, all the Rocks guys there with, are there with guns, and they all get arrested. Yes. <laughs> Roll credits. No. So they are, they are now arrested. They are in transit to wherever the Rocks bring them, the, I guess the FBI headquarters in Brazil or, you know, the embassy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then we forget that the drug cartel is still out to get Vin and his, and his team, and they basically ambush the Rocks convoy. Right, so they free Vin Diesel and them by accident. Yeah, Rocky's entire team is, is decimated. Yeah, yeah. And except for the Rock. Yeah, the Rock, and at the moment where the Rock's about to get taken out, the the sweat on his head <laughs> yes, blinds the guy. Yeah. That, uh, Vin walks up and saves the day. Vin right. and Paul have have I, I guess. Uh, freed themselves at that point and armed themselves, and they saved the Rock. So then the Rock says, you know what, I'm on board here. Let's go get this drug dealer, and then I'll deal with taking you guys. Yeah, he's got, like, this surprise scene where we know they took him with them, but then when he's like, I'm in, yeah, you know. And it's funny, the way he said it, it sounded like he said, I'm in. So he's like, like, you guys can come with me or you can stay behind. He's like, I'm in. And I was like, what does that mean? Is he in or out? Oh, I'm in. That's what he said, he's in. Then they start talking about whether they were hungry. (laughs) <laughs> like you hungry? There's a lot of. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. There's like some weird, you know, runner. Where, and nobody, everybody understood what hungry meant. Yes. So they they go out, and, and they, this is where the crazy movie gets uh, completely this, crazy. This scene is just bonkers. <laughs> so they steal the safe. That what they drive into the building. They hook some chains to it. They've got two cars that two then, Volkswagens. Yeah. That then they were Volkswagen. Yes, they had VW logos on the front. Wow. Okay, but they weren't Beatles. This no, isn't Herbie no, the Love Bug. No, I was like, I mean, although I don't, Herbie could do it himself, you don't need that two. A Herbie run-in would have really, especially during the race scenes. But no, so they. This is just crazy. They're dragging this gigantic safe. This is a safe that's as bigger than a dumpster. And they're dragging it with the two cars. Through the streets of Brazil. Yeah, and, and they're being chased. And they, I guess they both have to stay the same speed. These chains can't break. Uh, you know, the the thing is swinging wildly. Yeah. It's going into buildings, but yet they're on track. Yeah. And, 
you would think they'd be really slow. Yeah. At points, they're using it strategically yeah. to n- uh, knock uh, uh, the pursuing cars out of the way. Uh, and then at one point, they actually take out an entire building. <laughs> yeah. This, I, I got to say, if somebody says, you know, oh, this movie's, you know, I, I don't care if I see it or not. And then they see it's on TV. Just let it run. If you don't want to watch it, if you're not a fan of these movies, if you're not a fan of this type of movie, check out this scene because it is fun to watch. This scene really, really is exciting. This I can't wait to see this scene again. Yeah, this is one of those movies that every entry in this in the franchise is going to give you something you haven't seen in a prior installment. Yeah. Um, which is great because a lot of times, you know, the filmmakers can just rest on what they've done, sure. what they what they've done in previous movies. So it was very cool to see them take this up a notch and really, you know, do something I'd never seen before. They, they did a lot of good things in this. There's a scene early on in the movie where it's you know the scene with the train and they they're driving against this bridge and they just the car leaps up into the air over the lake over like the river yeah. and you think how are they going to get out of this? They're and not. They, they they're just gonna, <laughs> They just crazy. So I like that they do things. You know, they're trying new things. They're going in different directions. And this ending scene is just explosively crazy. And then there's an M. Night Shyamalan twist at the very end. We get Paul Walker is is you know talking to Vin Diesel. He's like, we can't make it. Yeah. You know, we're not gonna we're we not gonna make it anymore. And they're like, you're gonna be a father, <laughs> so you gotta you gotta make it. So. They they end up splitting up. Vin has the thing attached to him mm-hmm. still. And then The Rock catches up with them. And The Rock's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you 24 hours or something, right? You, yeah, I, I keep the money and you get a 24-hour head start. So they leave. And then we find this twist and a half that there is no money in the safe. And I liked how they played this. It made sense. And it felt like... You could, once you knew it, it doesn't feel forced and fake and like a plot hole. How, for you, seeing this movie for the fourth or fifth time, Mm -hmm. how did it feel? Is it something that you kind of see it coming, you know, that it could reasonably happen within the story? Yeah, definitely. But it feels kind of like Ocean's Eleven, the George Clooney, Brad Pitt version, where at the end of that movie they sort of twist things and show that they were the SWAT team. Um, I just spoiled Ocean's Eleven for (laughs) anybody who hasn't seen that movie that came out in 2001. Um, But in this movie, it it kind of felt like that. It it wasn't out of left field, but at the same time, if you're watching it, you can't figure it out. I felt the biggest twist was when we get the wrap-up for the ending that the Asian guy and the girl that they went on the one mission together and and I think that was the only time they even spoke to each other. I know he, he looked at her at one point and was like she's really hot. Yeah. But all of a sudden they're, they're like on the an Autobahn, yeah, yeah. She's I was on like, his yeah. lap while they're driving dangerously fast. <laughs> yeah, but he can do that because yeah, he's, he's a skilled he's, professional. He's a gearhead. But I, I found that that was one of those where I was like Oh, they're an item. It wouldn't have surprised me if at the end they're like, and he's gay, and she's gay. Because there was no indication that they would be in love. That way I thought was funny. Um, I liked it, though. It gave a happy ending to the two of them. Even though we we ultimately know know that he dies. He has to go to Tokyo and get blown up. But we see a happy ending for all the characters... As far as we know, the two guys have the same exact car, Tyrese and Ludacris. Yes. They both have the car that no one else has yeah, but them. Yeah, the only, Tyrese touts it as the only one that's in the Western Hemisphere. And then right. Ludacris says, no, there's, I guess there's two now. Right. Um, and then we get the, the, the two uh, knuckleheads that uh, they go and they both bet on the casino thing. And, and one bets on red, one bets on black. And then we don't know what happens, but it does look like it might be landing on green. Yes. Which uh, which I thought was great. So we get a nice ending. We roll credits, and then we get one more oh, scene. Oh, man, we get the stinger that in the theater, me and my sister turned to each other and did the, the proverbial uh, WTH look to each other. Did, what you do a, the, did you do a spit take? Did a spit take, a swallow take. <laughs> did the, the, the DX back and forth. And you get the rock. Burning the midnight oil. It's, it's <laughs> I want to just point out because this isn't visual. People don't know the swallow take. Maybe the swallow take is is 
Quentin Tarantino lays it down in the documentary Full Tilt Boogie, but you see it in a lot of old westerns. <laughs> the swallow take is somebody says something shocking, and rather than spit, you drink really, really fast. You just keep chugging because you're so shocked. Yes. So you got the rock in the office. It's the low lighting. You know, I guess he's being green. He's making sure that he's working late at night. He's not going to burn all the resources. Right. And in walks a pair of legs. And it, as you initially thought, it might have been Paul Walker in heels. <laughs> it was not. It turns out to be Eva Mendez from Too Fast, Too Furious. Right. And she drops a folder on his desk and says, uh, I think you want to look at this. And he goes, does it involve Dominic Toretto? And she says, no. And he says, I'm not interested. And she says, I think you're going to be interested. And he opens up the file folder, and it's related to a whole bunch of uh, robberies that have been happening uh, in Berlin involving cars. And we see a picture of Michelle Rodriguez's character, Letty. What? And uh, Eva Mendes says, do you believe in ghosts? And then, boom, I marked my calendar for Fast (laughs) 6. That's right. Uh, This is... Is is a, an interesting movie. It 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 plays very fast despite being two hours and ten minutes. And we like to always talk about where these movies fit in the timeline of wrestling. And this one's interesting because this was right after The Rock had come back for WrestleMania. So this movie was released end of April in the U.S. At the beginning of April was the first return of The Rock. And this was when he was guest hosting WrestleMania. There was a feud that was being established with him and Cena. And actually, in the main event of WrestleMania, it's Miz versus Cena. The Rock comes in because they say it's going to end in a, uh, a tie, you know, yeah. and it's like a double count out because Miz got this terrible concussion. He got knocked over off the barricade. I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but uh, they're both counted out and The Rock goes, no, no, The Rock will not allow it to happen. And then they restart the match. Rock does the rock bottom on Cena. Miz covers him for the win. And so that sets up the next night on Raw. They're like, hey, one year from tonight, let's have this match. And they build up to last year's WrestleMania where the rock beat John Cena. So that is where this fit in. They talked about this a lot on Raw. Oh, sure. Because The Rock was coming into this as the host of WrestleMania with a bona fide blockbuster. This was a global phenomenon. Right. And they were able to tout The Rock's involvement as being partially responsible for it. Yeah. Here's a little bit more of that card just to refresh everybody's memory. Randy Orton beat CM Punk. So CM Punk back then, not on the winning streak he was on now, lost to Randy Orton in one of the most one-sided feuds I've ever seen built up to on WrestleMania. And was that the one that ended with... Punk coming off the ro- the top rope yes. and falling right into the RKO. Yes, yes. Yeah. And this had been a feud where all along the way, every time CM Punk came close to besting Randy Orton, Randy Orton outdid him, yeah. outsmarted him, you know, got the RKO on him. So you expected the twist at the end was that, and the twist was no, Randy Orton's better than him. That was how that <laughs> yeah. one went. But um, now CM Punk is champion. Yeah. And Randy Orton's fighting 3MB on Monday. Right, Night yeah, <laughs> it is very interesting. Um, we had Cody Rhodes was still doing the gimmick with the with the face mask. He was wrestling against Rey Mysterio. Uh, Snooki was on this one. She was in a tag match. Uh, Morrison was also in that tag match, as well as Dolph Ziggler. But this was Morrison was still in the company. And this uh, is this when he snubbed Trish. Yeah, backstage? apparently backstage. He, he didn't show her the proper yeah, respect. He, well, apparently he thought Molina should have been in the match and not her. Yeah. But yeah, that that's this one. This is the one where Michael Cole wrestled Jerry Lawler. You know, this WrestleMania win. Yeah. So I mean, this is that's where things were at this point in time in wrestling, and so uh, very interesting to look at that movie in that you know that kind of a timeline. I went over to the IMDb. I did find a little bit of information that I wanted to share. First thing. I always talk about how on the IMDb, if you go to any message board, I don't know how I feel about this, but there's always some goofball that's like, is Tom Cruise gay? Yes. And it seems to be, it doesn't matter who is on there, that somebody's asking if they're gay. So I looked up Vin Diesel. There's a thread on there. Is he gay? I've heard some rumors that he's gay, but I need clarification. As if the guys on the IMDb message board have the real dirt, the inside scoop. But this one blew me away. Paul Walker. Yes. It said, I heard Paul Walker was good with the chicks and all, but then I heard that he came out on Oprah. No, Access Hollywood. Came out on Access Hollywood and announced he was having an affair with Urkel. 
with Jaleel White. Yes. And if memory serves, somebody came in that thread and confirmed it. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. So I don't I just always find that fascinating that it's people are go there. that interested and that's what they want to know about. And it, it always seems to be that they'll be like, he's married, so he must be gay. Or he's not married, so he must be gay. Or he's openly gay, so he must be straight. You know, it's like whatever, you know, the, the message board, there's no logic. However, there was an incredible bit of logic in the rocks message board. There were two threads, and you saw one above the other. The top one said, does anyone know what his diet consists of? Okay. And so this is somebody who wants to be built like him. Sure. The next thread, totally unrelated, was steroids, question mark. <laughs> and so I read it as, that's what his diet consists of. End of story. Yeah. Well, you know Hollywood doesn't have a wellness policy. Right, yes. So, uh, And he doesn't have to get tested because he's considered like a part-timer. Snooki wasn't tested either, you know. Um, the other thing I found on the IMDb was Don Morocco's bio. And I love this because I have always thought that he was the original rock. Mm -hmm. And this is what it says. Don Morocco, bio. Contrary to popular belief, there was only one true rock in wrestling history. He was the greatest in that era. He even held the intercontinental belt and has been in Paul E's ECW, which is history now. <laughs> Morocco was just a powerhouse. He is an icon, all capital letters, and a legend, all capital letters. No one can fill his shoes. Don, Mar Don Morocco is still retired. <laughs> there will always be one true rock, the only magnificent one. So there you go. So that is, uh, that is it. Now let's, uh, let's find out. Do you tap out? I think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. You say you've seen the movie four times, but do you tap out to Fast Five? I'll tell you, the, the Fast and the Furious series has sort of become something special in the last couple of years for me. Uh, coming off the first movie where I really thought of it as sort of a, a point-break redux, um, I started liking the series more and more as it went on. This film really switched things up. It brought some new blood in with The Rock, delivered some action sequences I had never seen before. I think it really delivers, even if you've never seen a previous installment, I did not tap. All right. Well, I didn't either. I thought this was an excellent film. It was a lot of fun. It was exciting. It was what it was. It, everything it strived to be, it went a little bit beyond. So love it, especially that chase scene at the end. Craig, I'm so glad you had this Blu-ray and, and we got a chance to watch it. Me too, yeah. And we finally did a rock movie. That's right. So thank you to you for listening, and we will see you next time. So you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crack. Don't you see? Your skills plus my skills in the ring. Tag team. Howard Patrols is John Triton. What are you doing up there? Staying away from you. No more rhymes now, I mean it. Anybody want to feel it? What's I smell? Down goes Jimmy King. Oh my God, a four-post massacre. No one can survive this. This isn't even a pay-per-view.